You are listening to the Sports CDP Crash Course, your go-to podcast for all things sports related. We talk about how sports clubs and teams can sell more tickets and merchandise than ever before and how they can negotiate sponsorship agreements of higher value. We also champion women's sports and discuss how data and innovation can help bring equality to the sports industry. We have interviewed industry leaders who have worked with the likes of the NFL, FC Barcelona, Women in Football UK, FIBA, the Davis Cup, just to name a few. So don't miss out. Listen to today's episode. Our next guest is the acting general secretary of the Swedish Esports Federation, a non-profit organization created to support and improve Swedish esports. Chris Jonasson has dedicated the last 10 years of their life to seeing esports recognized as a legit sport in Sweden. And as of May 28th, 2023, this goal was achieved. Today, we talk to Chris about the Federation's journey to this point and their involvement in this monumental achievement. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. What a great introduction. Love it, love it. Almost getting me to start crying instantly, but I'm like, I'm almost over it. But every time, like every time it comes up and especially like every time someone mentions like how much it means for the kids, I go like, I'm bawling. Uh, So. I'm very glad to have you here. But before we begin, um, I'd like to start off our sessions with an icebreaker. Are you ready for that? I am ready. What's your favorite quote, expression, or motto, and why is it your favorite? Oh, that, it, it, I've, I've been thinking about this, and I've, like, I've tried to narrow it down because there's three. Okay, so bear with me. The first one is, of course, if I can't play, it's not my revolution. And it's a wordplay on my favorite fake quote. It's an, um, a lady called Emma Goldman who responded to the fact that some dusty old man said that agitators shouldn't be dancing. And she made a, a, a larger quote say, like about how if we can't have fun and we can't do things, like if we can't do the things that we want to do, there's no, no need for it. And, and someone was tasked with making a poster. So they made like the most famous quote ever. If I can't dance, it's not my revolution. Uh, So if I can't play, and that's just like, that's both gaming play or just play having fun. Like if we can't have fun, then what's the point? Another one that I really, really love is, and I don't know if I made this one up myself, but if you don't know that you're doing wrong, you can't do right. And that has been like one of the the main points on my journey, both with like queer culture and an organizational like culture. Just like if you don't know that you're doing right, if no one has a conversation with you that you're doing something wrong, then you can't do it right because you've been like indoctrinated with all of these norms and all of these thoughts. And then the third one is sharing is caring or shared knowledge is the best knowledge. Like we need to help each other, educate each other. We need to like have fun and learn together because that's how we evolve as a species and as organizations and as a sport. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. You're going to share with us like your experience, your knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. But I have to say with the, with the second quote, I'm actually reading a book called No Rules Rules um, by Reed Hastings, who's the CEO and co-founder of Netflix. And they're actually talking about feedback. And it's like, 
oh, just that whole concept of you need to know what you're doing right and you need to know what you're doing wrong. So you need to be receptive and you need to, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah, I'm I'm appreciating all three of your quotes and thank you for going the extra mile. Thank you for having me and and also like yeah let's 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 keep going let's keep going <laughs> but why esports take us back to the moment when your love for esports began i think it began like it grew right i i was always a gamer and I, i've been like gaming i've done board games role-playing games rpgs a lot of like these different kinds of games and I was somewhere along the way in the early 2000s, we started organizing LAN parties. And at the LAN parties, uh, kids started to ask if they could compete in games. And which was like super strange for me at the time, but like, but okay. So it came like from the kids. And, I, and then when I saw like the passion, the enthusiasm and how much joy it brought, it, it grew into my whole sense of, of what we call like a manning's will free, like a meaningful leisure activity time. And also, like, kids should be allowed to have fun on their own terms. Uh, so it started there, and, and and I got involved in the like the Swedish games uh, hobby organization that works with youth culture and gaming, LARPing, uh, everything from like paintball to to computer sports um, and our computer games. And then I, somewhere around 2012, 2011, uh, StarCraft II came back. And that was such a shift in, in in the Western world in relations to to esports. And for me, it was a, a huge awakening. With like, here's this thing that I I love doing, and people are competing in it, and it's so fun, and it's it's so like uh, amazing. Uh, so I think that my my like I now I understand footballers or or soccer players, depending on on where you're from, is at the Globe in Stockholm when Thorson wins. Uh, a Swedish StarCraft player, and he wins against like these Koreans who are so good at the game, and he wins. And I'm just like bawling, and I'm like, and and on my way home there, I was like, I'm just like, I understand how the soccer, like how the how the football guys feel. Like, wow, that was such an epiphany for me. So I think that's like when when somewhere where where it started to growing into something more. And then my second favorite moment is. At a LAN party in 2018. In 2018, my club had existed for a couple of years, and we had managed to build the best Overwatch team in Sweden. We didn't know it at the time, but it was the first uh, LAN party event, so the first like physical event where you go to compete in front of a crowd in 2018, and and slowly it starts. Starting to cry again. No, but like slowly it starts building. You can hear in the room people yelling Malma, Malma. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, and then and so that's like a, a very dear moment for me. And also seeing like how working with, with these seven teenagers and working with their parents and like creating the knowledge and, and the success story. And then we traveled through Sweden and won every competition in Sweden except one that was in conflict with two other competitions. But we went to Skellefteå and won the other two competitions instead. So so that was an amazing year and, and that was really, really fun. And and I think that's like somewhat like those those early years in relation to my focus on like we need to respect and value the things that kids and teenagers enjoy to do. 
and the slow realization that this is a sport just like everything else. And that's, I think that's how I got into it. And that's why I love it so much. And that was the conversation we were having right before we started. We pressed record, actually. Um, I was I was sharing with Chris that my nephew is obsessed with Fortnite at the moment. And obviously, us being the older generation, like a different generation, we don't understand the obsession. I grew up being told, go play outside. And that's always been sort of the... I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I think the average parent, the average aunt or uncle is sort of encouraging kids to do so when you see a child in front of a like spending hours in front of a computer playing a game that you don't understand it could be a a big shock to the system and you you Chris were just giving me um advice on how to approach that how do we kind of encourage kids to play esports but also how do we you know how do you help the parent that's freaking out so I think there's there uh, we've gone through a, a change as a society. Like the first part of that change is is like my favorite meme at the moment. I love so much just like this uh, TikTok guy. He's he's got he's shirtless with a beanie and it's like when you say that you used to drink water from the hose. Like what does that mean? And then millennials and Gen Xers respond to that and then people are watching the responses. And it's like one of my favorite things to do because society changed so much that young people today don't really understand that like we were kicked out of the house when we were younger. Like go out and play. And and today it's gone from that to come watch TV with the family to uh, now the kids are by their computers or phones or iPad. And it's still the same thing. Like that it's been all the time like they're doing something and they're doing a lot of it because they're they're young and and they get fixated on stuff and they get happy like they're evolving but the major thing the the difference that we have from now is the way society is structured it's structured so much around digital social media and, and and digital friendships and activities and especially the covid generation they were locked up and and forced to to enact like and and start working with these digital tools. Like we changed a lot of in my friend group, we changed a lot of uh, how we talk to each other and and hang out after COVID. And we still we still meet up now and have board game nights and 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 take after works and do like the things in a physical environment that we used to do before. But nowadays we're also uh, having the added problem of people from around the world because once we started doing things digitally during covid we also had like so now if i'm calling like it's a board game night are we going to have it physical or we're going to have it digital okay digital so georgia spain france austria and america do you want to join this event because we're going to have this event and if it's in malmo then it's like okay well you you and you from from sweden do you want to come uh so that's one thing but when it comes to 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 screen time and when it comes to using the computer now or or digital devices we have to also think about that the kids are doing everything on there so some kids are spending 3 hours doing their homework and then 1 hour watching a video and then they spend 3 hours gaming but for the parents that's 6 hours by the computer so we need to talk about uh screen time completely different than we're doing now we need to talk about like how do you take breaks and when and 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 also the fact that like what you're doing with your screen time is actually like actually makes a difference if you're playing a game that improves your english that 
helps with this or helps with that. If you're just watching videos, then we might need to be concerned of what videos and what algorithms you've been caught up in. And if you're doing your homework, then like, when do you need to take breaks and what do you need to do? Like, mm. the, the whole discussion about like er, uh, ergonomics that we had used to have with 40 year old uh, ladies uh, working in administration, we now need to have with our kids. And I think that's important. And I see that we as a, an esports organization are the ones that are best equipped to have that conversation with those kids and with those parents because we understand what's going on. So, for instance, one of the, the like uh, the, one of the conflicts that I uh, that often comes up when parents contact us is like, well, they won't come to eat, or they're playing at night when they should go to bed, and there's a lot of like discussions about boundary setting and and scheduling, and I always ask the parents like, well, what, are, what is your child doing? Uh, well, they're playing some game. Okay, well, the first thing then is like, what game are, is, are the kids playing? Sit down, ask if you can sit down with the kid, like learn about the game or read up on, on the game yourself and, and like find the identifiers. Is this an esports game uh, or is this like uh, watching a movie? Uh, are, are they playing with other people? Um, so esports games are games you play with other people. You play them during a specific time uh, with a specific objective. And there's often ranking involved. Which means that, uh, Lorraine, it's time to eat, you need to come now, is equivalent to running out on the football field, grabbing the kid and taking them, like, with the difference that it's always, like, it's, it's always affecting your ranks and your friends' ranks, uh, or a, a lot of the times. So instead of doing that, you could look at just how you rephrase the discussion at home, be going from, it's time to eat now, to it's time to eat in half an hour, so don't start a new game. Instead of saying you have to turn off the PC at 10, uh, say you don't, you're not allowed to start a new competitive game after 9 or 9.30, depending on which games it is. Because some esports games are 8-minute games, and some esports games are 40 to 90 minutes. And of course, like of course, the kid is going to sit there sometime during a Counter Strike game, and it's going to be overtime, and it's going to be delays, and and they're missing the, the the curfew times of like you have to you have to, but you don't snatch your kid from the football field just because it's overtime. But if you come in there and you can see that it's it's eighteen nineteen in the score, and and you can see that this game has been running for a long time, it's an overtime then it's okay. But if you come in and you can see that the score is 0-1, you know that, that the, this, this was just started this game. And then if you said that that's the boundary, then I'm sorry, that, that's your ranking and it'll go, right? But to, to phrase that, but the first things first is like you need to understand what the kid is doing and which game is it, how does it work, and how can you also show enthusiasm? Like I had one kid, Edin, who was amazing and his sister is a pro footballer. And when his parents realize that what he's doing by the computer is the same thing she's doing with the football, it changed. It, it was so, it's such a change. It was so amazing. And that started like the trend with the, that's, he's one of the players from this team that was, became the best team in Sweden. And just how those parents worked around, how they all realized that this was a thing and how they, they were worked around, like, coming to the venue to pick up the kids afterwards and being like, how was it today? Did you do this? Did you do that? Just showing that they're interested. I think that's how you 
build the rapport and how it's also possible to to have this be something positive in the family instead of just being a conflict uh, zone. I don't know if I ranted way off your question or... Um, not at all, not at all. That was so fantastic. And I love the parallels that you draw between esports and sports and sort of taking the this sort of real life example and putting it in a context that we already understand, right? So I think that was absolutely, absolutely powerful. But before we talk more about esports and what should be done and what shouldn't be done or kind of continue that conversation, I would love for us to go back to May the 28th of 2023. You hear that the other federations have voted to recognize esports as a legitimate sport in Sweden. What is going through your mind at this point? I I think what what happened was somewhere uh, it was uh, stop shaking, don't cry, tweet, send the tweet, don't cry, stop shaking, and then so if you see the like the 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 meme picture of of this event, it's like uh, it's been in all of the newspapers and stuff. You can see like how everyone because it took so long, right? We 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 worked really hard and we've done it for like several years, and this year we got there the the response from the sports confederacy was kind of wonky uh we're going to talk about that later but so we had we came there with like super enthusiasm and we were like this is going to go so well and everything's going to be so good and then we started talking to people and like a lot of the small sports or, or uh, federations were like positive and then we heard like some of the big ones just like no we're not we're not supporting you we're not gonna let like and and that was like oh wow so then we started counting like okay so if we have these and we have these and like blah, blah and so it was really stressful and then the event started and you had like archery and school sports and and cycling and and uh motorsports like coming up and like speaking for us para sports speaking for us like one after the other so I was already like crying for half an hour because people said so many beautiful things. And then, so the Sports Confederacy works in a way where it's like, it's always the Sports Confederacy board's line unless someone screams that we need to vote about it. So so it's it's first what they call acclamation and you can hear like, yes. So all of those against say yes, yes. All of those against say yes, yes. I was like, is that like, is it the same? Wait, wait, what's happening? What's happening? Because what happened right before the vote was that someone from the Gymnastics Federation went up and said, like, can we have like five minutes pause so that we can talk to each other? And that never happens. So we were like already like I ran uh, because like um, Daniel from the school sports federation was like waving to me uh, as I like I ran and I came like I, I smashed my feet because I was in the socks and I ran on these like scary stairs. And, and he was like, they need a, they need to ask you something. And I was like, OK, what, what, what? So and then they were like, I don't even remember the question, but it was a question that I could be like, no, that's it's not going to be a problem. It's like this and this and this and this. And then everybody nods and then they went back. So so we got back to our seats and it's really similar. OK, so so someone writes vote like voting, uh, which is like we need to vote about this. And then we're sitting behind like the big sports and, and the sports that we like we, and, and the board of the Federation, like the Confederacy and like the, all of the people who are like kind of negative. And like all of those voting uh, against the membership, raise your hands now. And they all raise their, like we're in the sea of hands. And then they take down and then the rest of the room 
goes up like a forest and i'm like oh my god oh my god like it's it's no no and then again they say like and it's uh it's um not because uh, it always it's always the the until it's at it's counted in the system and then it's votation votating again and everybody goes to the digital system and i have a video that's amazing where uh johanna from the swedish taekwondo federation turns around and starts filming us uh right at the end of of, of the voting and and you can hear like i finished the vote and you hear the club and then you hear one person who's watching their ipad go woohoo and then it pops up and it takes like four seconds before everybody goes like oh my god and and we're in and and all i could think about was like i need to tweet this i need to tweet this but i was like shaking uh and then after that it was like i i i don't know i tried to like i i think what ran through my head was like what what what, what? oh like it's real like all of the things we've been fighting for all of the kids being, are going to be taken seriously the struggles the funding the possibilities so there were so just so many things and it was so wild uh and and i i i can't really describe it because it was like chaos like during the day i'd been walking around the sports confederacy meet talking to like insurance companies travel companies and everyone else and they've been like oh yeah great we'd love to cooperate with you and help your kids but you need to become a member first so it was, it was like, uh, it, it, it was such an amazing feeling. Just, just because also like how the Swedish system works, like being a youth culture or being like a youth organization that way is like a third of the funding. It's uh, none of the like uh, uh, exemptions. Like we lost major competitions, like the world's largest Dota competition because we were not a sport in Sweden. So we weren't automatically included in the sports visa exemptions for COVID. So all of those things, like so many of those things are now um, automatically there. And, and it, it's such a huge lift for like helping uh helping these kids i want to do this seriously to do it seriously and also to to get other sports club who've been thinking about it to actually start doing it like i get i get mails every week from sports clubs around sweden who's like oh yeah we're looking into this like what do we do what do we need to do and and how will it work and and it's so it was a lot and it's still a lot like i i i just came back from from holiday which was sorely needed because i've been working like 24 hours a day almost like trying to keep up with everything and and it's 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 so many things happening and, and in the meantime we're trying to like organize the the best national team one of the best national teams in the world we're going to to romania in in two weeks and and like all of those things at the same time so so it's really really it's it it was amazing and and it still brings me to tears when i think about it and why did it take so long like why was it such a struggle what were the main objectives that the other federations had against esports federation or esports becoming a thing in sweden we went through a struggle like we we formed the swedish esports federation in 2016 with the goal of applying for 2017 so we applied for 2017 but then it was like uh the sports confederacy was thinking that they needed to reevaluate how they accepted new members and 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 how that would work 
So all of us were put on hold almost. So we applied again, uh, renewed our application for 2019. And 2019, it was discussions about values, about violence, and about the organization of, of esports. And we had some supports, parasports, school sports were the main ones. But that was like the problem. So, but we then pointed to the facts, right? Just as with the screen time discussion, like it's it's not about what you do with the screen time. It's 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 it's, it's not how long it is. It's what you do with it and how you take breaks. Uh, there are studies, like the largest study made on digital time uh, with kids, is a, is an I think it's Edinburgh University, but it's twelve thousand fifteen-year-old Australian kids, and they're measuring uh, in regards to PISA results, online gaming, and online activities. And you can clearly see that, like the kids who are into online games or, or playing online games, have higher PISA uh, results than the ones who who use internet for other things. And it's also tied to how early you start using the internet, and what, like again, what you're using it for. Uh, and with violence. Also, like in the late, like the last years, there's been real research being done on that. But before that, it was like one of my favorite studies to show how absurd this was, was a study where they were made to play uh, a game that was non-violent and a game that was violent. Uh, and the violent game was like Mario Kart. Uh, and then they uh, took asked people to 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 season foods with tabasco for someone who didn't like strong food and the people who did uh play the violent games put more tabasco in the food so violent games are dangerous so that was the level we were at <laughs> before people doing like started doing but there's like there's been studies way way back like in america after after Columbine, they started looking into it. They started looking into like mass shootings and 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 the prevalence of, of violence in media. And and what you could see already back then was like the the media didn't make violent kids, um, but kids who were predisposed to violence might enjoy violent media, violent poetry, violent video games much more. They did a huge study where they uh, looked at like uh i don't know what that's called in english but when you look at like science different science paper, papers and you compare them um and they came up with like kids were more violent for a bunch of other things including like uh, sharing bedrooms being bullied only having one tv at home like a lot of those factors came in way before video games so so again like there, there there's there's really no science that proves that 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 part and then people were also yeah but like it's still values and we were like yes okay but in sweden mma is a sport we have a knockout sports is sports in sweden but that and that's actively physically harming people mm. uh, so we we like we managed to to get around that i think like people stopped thinking about the violence as a factor in it and then it was like the whole um discourse about kids not moving enough which is a huge thing in sweden we're talking about because sweden is a highly digitalized society and we've been like uh all the way back since like the 80s 90s when they had the home pc program and that's also like we are one of the best organizations to work with that because we can meet the kids who are 
playing games, especially like, like if people are playing video games, we can't help them. But if they're into esports, then we can motivate them to to start the complementary training, to work out, to move, to uh, look outside the window every twenty minutes. Like all of these important things: eat right, sleep right, all of those things. So we also like managed to get around that and people realized more and more organizations realized that we were one of the ways to reach the kids that Swedish sports is losing. And then in the end, it ended up this year with organizational factors for the last two years. Uh, we didn't have clearly defined enough which specific esports games we were working with. And there were two organizations because there was an other organization in Sweden that also that did like all the national teams and stuff. And, and in 2021, they also applied for, for uh, national recognition. So uh, one of the things that we did 2022 was we merged into one organization because like if, if we're both looking into doing international stuff and we now both want to become a member of the sports confederacy, let's be one organization. So we merged, that was great. So when we came this year, there was only like one little thing which was uh, uh, like the major objective from the sports confederacy and and the the team from there who who had been looking for it and advising the board and that was whether or not we own the games and we've always been talking about esports as a phenomenon right uh we didn't want to define very clearly like this game this game this game and this game but like esports as in general and and there was a problem with how uh, how loose that was, uh, because in Sweden, the rules of becoming a sport is like it's physical activity. It's the organization owns and administers it. There's competitions in it, and um, those are the, the the main pointers. And then it's like how big the organization is, and. And and people were looking at, for instance, like Valve's blog about Counter Strike updates, and they didn't see that we owned the, the owned the game, and like or that we could own the rules or or the games, and we had to um, motivate that. So that was the major issue. Like we own the competitive rules. Uh, sometimes we might not even want to compete in what's the goal of the game, right? We can set up whatever game like rules we want and like even if counter-strike is mainly a five versus five game there's also competitions one versus one or two versus two and same with like league of legends and dota and, and rocket league um so that was the main discussion where they were like well what if someone changes something uh like here uh they've changed the uh, they 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 pointed to a specific blog which had like things like oh we we cut the the hedge on this map uh, we fixed we fixed an arrow on this map where a Molotov burning on the other side of the uh, the wall will will damage your player and and stuff like that. So and and I think that's like that's one of the things where where esports struggles internationally. Like one of the things that where we say is like organizing is the only way to reach a level. And and like you can see the the smart. Uh, game developers, they are listening to the community and they're changing things based on the community. So it's it's a back and forth. And and just like in other sports where they have VAR, for instance, now like with the Swedish uh, national team's amazing one millimeter win uh, against America, that's like those are also systems that have patch notes and also systems that someone else controls and and 
and the same way like taekwondo had to change their rule sets because the developers of taekwondo uh point gear changed how the point gear worked uh so so it's a complex and it's gonna be a complex world for all sports i just think that we're in that complex world a lot e earlier than than other sports are uh where you have to be in control of or be in communication with the owners of, of uh, the mechanical or digital tools. Like mm. when uh, motorsports in Sweden or car sports in Sweden all of a sudden was like, no, you can no longer have lead in your gasoline. Or when when the the shooters, like pistols or um, organization, mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called in English, but when they were like, you don't, you, you can't have lead ammunition anymore. Like those are changes that you can't control. Or when the the uh, orientation, uh, like the people running in the forests, when they uh, have restrictions on like how they can build maps and all of those things are external factors uh, affecting their sports and and I and that's the same for us. So mm. so and now like we're we're working around it and we're we're looking at it. Um, but the main point for me is like let's let's organize the kids, let's value their activities. And and let's make sure that we can host, administer um, positive esports, and and do it in a way where um, where serious organizations and serious uh, groups are working around, instead of of just leaving it as a wild west that we don't know anything about. Because one one of the the like major hurdles or situations that we're in now is like a lot more regulation and a lot more stuff but it's also going to build a more secure system like you don't have to if you want to do esports you don't have to be a part of the Swedish sport esports federation but if you want to have the tax deductions if you want to have the, the better insurances if you want to be able to compete in the these national competitions for the become like Swedish champions and stuff in the future, then you're going to have to to organize here. And we're looking at and we're talking to the already established pro teams to see like, how can we work together and what can we do? Because because the Swedish system is based on on membership in the sports confederacy and and um, and the recognition of sports is also tied to that. So so we're finally in the system and now we can start working within the system and regulate and support in a much better way. And you touched a little bit on this, but um, what does this decision to recognize esports as a sport mean now for you, for the players, for their clubs, the federation and any other stakeholders involved? So I think uh, one of the main thing is that we're no longer like the Swedish uh, Sports Federation is no longer uh, fully funded by sponsorship money. Like starting next year, we will get a small amount of money that's not sponsorship money. So for us, like for the Federation, it's it's a slow process. It'll take years. But for our local clubs, there's like instant better insurances. There are tax some tax deductions and things for for judges and coaches and, and, and like things uh connected to the sport there are much more funding so going like my local club went from being a, a youth culture uh club to now being recognized as a, as a sports club and that tripled the, the amount of funding that you get per activity and and I think that that's like one of the the major things um, 
it's it's a material sport it's a very expensive sport and if we're going to have uh, the possibility to work with uh, quality diversity to to reach kids in in suburbs and and like organize everyone uh, besides like the the kids who are rich enough to have computers on their own uh, we need that funding and we need to have municipal help with venues and and all of those things that we're looking into now so i think that like the instant reward is is just like the recognition and being a part of this system like now the people that are advising our clubs are the same people that are also advising other sports uh, or when our local clubs are having issues with like how do we educate these leaders these uh, young leaders and how do we educate them to being good organizers or how do we educate these young coaches to become better coaches they are all already connected to the same system where all of the other coaches are educated so they can talk to the to, to the same people and and they will be invited to the same courses they will be like they're in a system and in in an organization that is built around creating good sustainable sports environments to kind of tie it back to what we said we started with earlier there's so many misconceptions and misgivings about esports and obviously just listening to you like i could listen to you all day because you just it may it all makes sense when you talk right but not everyone has a chris to talk to so is um is the federation planning on doing anything to educate the swedish public or indeed other federations on how esports is useful and why it's important especially like you said in terms of context in today's world in today's context esports is very important so are you planning on doing anything in that area yes uh it it feels like it's all we do um it's it's so much of my work now is is talking to clubs who wants to do this talking to federations not so much like talking to the federations uh yet we've done that work so much and and the federations that are already on board are 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 somewhat on board and are looking to like what to do one of the things that we're doing with virtual sports is is talking I I'm 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 I I don't know this for sure but I somewhat think that that discussion started in Sweden because in Sweden we had to define what we're doing uh, in in relations to what others are doing uh because in Sweden one of the things is you have to administer and and uh, a sport that no one else does no member in the sports confederacy can do this so there can't be two soccer organizations in Sweden um so one of the things that we did was like we drew a line between virtual sports uh or we called it AE dot uh, and esports uh and then all of a sudden uh, a a year ago or half a year ago uh, the olympic committee started talking in the same way like virtual sports um so uh for like the archery association for instance we can help them uh, if they want to ha- get help to evaluate, like what what would be a reasonable game to do e archery in? Uh, the e cycling has already managed. They have a game up that's amazing. That's also connected to actually physically cycling on a cycle. Uh, of course, like e football and FIFA. FIFA was of course like owned by the Football Association. Uh, it, there's going to be no more FIFA games. 
because that contract has run out. But like for eFootball, it's the Football Association that runs eFootball. But we can be there as technical guidance and we can be there to support and help and realize. But at the moment, it's it's a lot of like, oh yeah, you want to do eFootball? Well, then you should talk to the Football Association. If you want to do eSports and Fortnite and, and Dota and Ro like Rocket League, Counter-Strike, you should come to us and talk. Um, so one of the things that we're doing there is like we're helping the local clubs to talk and get the knowledge of what they need to do. But we're also like uh, planning on doing more of the things that we've done. Like last year, we went to IKEA on the IKEA gaming day, and we were there talking and meeting parents and and doing stuff. And we're going to do more of that. Um, uh, and and we're going to do. We have like one of our main sponsors is a. Uh, whole quality globe in Stockholm. That's that's part of of Strawberry, like the huge, and Nordic uh, hotel chain. And we're like working with them to to. They've started doing like gaming rooms on the hotels, and like we're, do, we're doing a lot to 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 educate and work and having these conversations with with parents, with teachers, with with uh, civil servants in general and and we're we're planning on doing a lot more of that we're, we're gonna we're organizing a nordic women's counter-strike championship in in december and that's going to be a, a place where we also do this so we're doing it like we're doing it in sweden we're doing it with the kids we're doing it with the parents we're doing it with with um all of the people who work with kids and civil servants and sports people but we're also doing this like i'm going to be uh, 12 days in romania for the world cup and we're sending a huge delegation to the world cup and we're going to be there talking about like how you need to work with the kids, how you need to organize transparency and democracy and good governance and bringing those Swedish and Nordic values into uh, the World Esports or the International Esports Federation, as it's called, but the World Championship. And we're doing the same thing in Paris with the European Federation. We're going to, to go to Iceland uh, together with all of the Nordic federations to start a Nordic uh, association somewhat. And so it's a, it's a lot like now we... I think like uh, my president Samikaide said it really well in Katowice in the first European Games uh, in esports ever. When we had a meeting there and and we were like, we have reached our first goal now. Now like we're a sport in Sweden. Now we need to take responsibility internationally and nationally. So I, a very long way to say yes, but the answer to your question is yes. Like. Uh, our social media and our homepage, our homepage is, is getting a rework, a much needed rework. So please don't judge us on what's up there now. But like our social medias, our Twitter um, or X is, is, uh, is being used a lot. And also like Facebook. Um, and we're also looking at like uh, more social media and in the future but like yeah so so there's a lot of things and, and always like always contact us like you email us through the contact form or through our info address and 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 we'll see what we can do to help right because like sometimes it's like with your nephew like i just like i don't have a club this there but i know this venue and this venue is reasonable and you can go there so um i think I think that's it. That the best thing. Like we're doing as much as we can to 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 help educate and 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 lift the organization and lift the kids. The kids are important. Fantastic. Now, if anyone would like to get started with esports and not just in the Swedish context, how can they get started, Chris? I would say uh, this is a broad one. Um, it depends on what you want to do. 
right? If you want to organize uh, NGO, um, organize the sports clubs, like it depends. Like in in Sweden, it's very simple. Like because because we have this weird civil society and sports uh, system that a lot of other countries don't have. So one of the things that I always do when when someone from another country talks to me is like, can you explain how your system works? Because that's step num step number one is like look into your system. How does it work in your country? And if you want to organize, and then you can decide if you want to organize as an NGO or a sports club uh, or as a, a professional entity and like what's the goal, um, what you want to do. In Sweden, I would say like I think all of the clubs in Sweden are reasonable. Uh, so you have Alliance, you have NIP, you have Godsent, which are like the three big ones. And then there's a pl plethora of other uh, smaller ones as well. Um, and you could just like talk to them, ask for experience and like, because it's a lot of like one of the things that we, uh, I see at least is we don't, um, it's not a competition like that. It's, it is at the highest of highest of levels, uh, but it's still also a lot of like friendships and, 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 and good connections and people helping each other. And I, I, I think that's like, cause we want to have good people to compete with. And the more of us that are, are, uh, in the system, uh, creating professional players, um, or creating a basis for for recruitment, that the better it is for the ecosystem in general. So, uh, depending on what you want to do, like in several countries, there are uh, good um, officially recognized, like at least I, in some places by the by the state or the National Olympic Committee, and in other cases by the international organizations. And then you can see, like, go to the EEF homepage or the ISF homepage, and like look in my country which organization is there and then ask if you can get involved somehow or ask them how the system works in your country i think that is a great if you're in the nordics i'll i'll hook you up with um with someone from from the nordic context uh, definitely uh if you're in the uk uh or the commonwealth you have british esports of course who's a major player um and also, like, so, so it's about like what you want to do. If you want to get into esports as a player, try to find a local club or try to find people to start a local club with. And it doesn't have to be rocket scientists, rocket science. It doesn't have to be amazing at the start because we are a digital sport. But you need to start organizing and start doing things and then when you when you reach that level where you want to evolve you need to start looking into how does the system work so my local club malmo esports started as a club that did like one or two uh, land parties a year and then we did digital events uh, for our members and then we started looking at like how does the system in malmo work how can we get more funding how can we get a venue and how can we like move on and evolve and i think that's a like a good way of doing it it's just decide if you want to be a local entity or a national entity or, or um like female legends is one of the national entities in sweden uh that have been working with with uh women and non-binary um and and they are doing like this major national uh online events and and and, and boot camps and trainings and stuff
And you have Swedish Online League, which is just recognized by Riot, who are now like officially doing Riot competitions in Sweden. Uh, you have Svenska Raketligan, who are doing like the Rocket League competitions in Sweden. That's also like a national organization doing competitions, right? So if like it, it's it's all about like identifying the ecosystem and see where you want to go, because there's so many different places to go, and some countries are a lot less a lot less organized uh than we are in the nordics uh but i i think if you if you want to do the work and you want to have fun then it's it's possible just learn how the system works and and learn and then like create an organization get an oid number start talking to to the other european organizations uh start making exchanges and start like going to competitions signing up for competitions Fantastic, fantastic. And you spoke about uh, people emailing you, people um, sending you or checking out your website. We will have all the details in the description box. We'll also have Chris's um, LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with them, you can connect with them there. But Chris, thank you so very much for coming to the podcast and talking to us about esports. Thank you for having me. I, I think uh, it's, it's, um, it's amazing to to be in a place where we're like talking about it from this perspective and in this uh, like on a podcast like this. I'm I'm super stoked and and just don't be afraid. And and to all like parents who are listening in and like talk to your kids. T your kids are your best teachers. You will never be able to to limit them or work because they they will know the workarounds. Just ask any parent with a five year old and an iPad. The kids will work around. So, so talk to your kids and, and, and understand what they're doing and then look into how can you help them do that in a better way and in a more helpful way and uh, in a better organized way. Like the organization is the key, I think. If your goal is to get more supporters, superior sales and real revenue, then visit our website at datatalks.se and fill out our demo form to experience firsthand how we can help you. Data Talks, more supporters, superior sales, real revenue.